It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. regained it. Now a turnover. Dersey lost it to Hurdle, and the Sharks break in. Back to the point. Quick play to the slot. Backhand chance. Right on goal by Timo Meyer. That's a great split glove save made by Jonathan Quick on a broken play in front. Yeah, I mean, listen, there were good elements to our game, but, you know, we're not here to just put together some pieces of a hockey game and, and you know, feel good about it. we got to win hockey games. And, you know, there were uh, some areas that we certainly weren't really good at tonight. And uh, in order to beat that team, you're going to be good in all areas. All right. Good morning, everyone. And how are we doing? I want to point out the interesting thing that David Quinn said there coming in, as I also used it in the title of the episode. But good elements. And that's the thing about the Sharks. There are good elements to their game. If you look at the way overall they de- that they defended last night, they didn't give up too many awful in-the-slot chances it actually seemed like they made L.A. work pretty hard for what they were getting. And anytime I watch something like that, I do appreciate it. But the Sharks on the other side could not generate much of their own, and the offense did not really ever look in sync. And L.A., much to their credit, L.A., my, my big biggest takeaway from that actually is that L.A. is a really good team. And that was not something that I felt watching L.A. in person last year. But watching L.A. last night, the way they contested the puck movement of the Sharks, the way that they moved the puck quickly around the ice, the way that they just kind of possessed and had some extended offensive zone um, possession was very reminiscent of watching Todd McClellan teams that he was in charge of at the Sharks in the past. But, you know, that, that didn't matter that the Sharks had good elements to their game because there were too many other ways that the Sharks were finding the ability to fail. And that is a consistent problem for the Sharks right now, right? Like, if you're a good team in the NHL, you're going to figure it out. You're going to find out how you can make success happen regardless of what the other team gives you. And that is what we have seen very good teams do in the NHL year in, year out. Uh, But that's not where the Sharks are right now. And the Sharks have to play their best game every single time they want a chance to win. And last night, I, I thought they did give themselves a pretty good chance to win. It was just a matter of them not being able to you know, have every aspect of their game go in at the same time. And the Sharks, you know, if one thing's going well for them, it seems like another thing is not going well for them. And this has been there for a couple of years now. It was not, you know, specific to Bob Bugner. It was not specific to David Quinn. It was not specific to Pete DeBoer. The Sharks overall are not the team that they once were. That doesn't mean that they can't regain it. That doesn't mean that there isn't the ability for them to come back to where they were. But just for the time being, they are not... Um, a good enough team, A, and B, they simply do not consistently do the things that they need to do over the course of the game. Now, LA in particular probably made that more difficult for the Sharks uh, in general because they are a good team. And, you know, I've watched enough LA this year and thanks to ESPN Plus and games on TV that, 
you know, the addition of a guy like Fiala and you look at the way that Andre Kopitar is playing, you look at Jonathan Quick, they've had some, you know, deficiencies at the blue line, but that's been getting better with health than it did last night against the Sharks. I mean, they, they do have a number of things to present in terms of problems, and the Sharks do not have, in terms of their talent, to have the same amount of things to present as problems, and the Kings are a little bit ahead in their rebuild than where the Sharks are right now. But I, I do look at the Kings as being pretty darn good, and that's another one of my big takeaways out of last night, like I said. But, you know, the Sharks were not awful last night. You know, the, the difference in the game, other than the empty netter, was the fact that those two goals snuck in and just trickled in past James Reimer. I mean, that's, I won't say it's a fluke, but those are not goals that James Reimer is going to let in most nights. But the problem is the Sharks are not going to be good enough in any given instance to be good enough to overcome some of those small things that don't immediately go their way. And I know that seems relatively obvious in light of the outcome, but you do have to look at it and say like, okay, you know, the Sharks kept themselves in the game pretty much except for two weird goals that James Reimer does not usually let in. And now you can counter that by saying, well, he stopped another of other good chances that the Kings got. And yes, I will agree, but there is overall the sense that that's not going to be a goal or two that James Reimer usually lets in. The team, on the other hand, is not good enough to make up for it otherwise. And that's where the Sharks are right now. It's the analogy that I've been you know, trying to make all year is where they plug one leak and then something else springs open and that's something they're going to have to figure out as they get deeper and deeper into the year now in terms of Reimer letting those goals get through I felt bad for him because he did make a number of good stops over the course of the night and then just watching the way that Reimer has played over his time with the Sharks his ability to give it his all the fact that he is a dressing room guy that he leads by example that he doesn't seem to let things get to him I did think last night that even though he was not overall you know showing outward signs of frustration like some goalies would in the NHL I think you could definitely tell that that one stung because I think he knew that you know the team put forth a decent effort around him maybe not offensively but the defensive effort was good last night and if the defensive effort is good, you want to back up that defensive effort by making sure the pucks don't get through to the back of the net. And then to have those two just trickle through the way they did in such similar fashion. I mean, you don't usually see it once from Reimer in a game for it to happen twice. I mean, that's just the fluky nature of sports. And I'm not saying bad luck. I'm not saying good luck for the Kings or any of that. If you put the puck in play and it happens to make its way through to the back of the net, that's usually as a result of, you know, a lifetime of training. And that's you know, how the Kings were able to score a couple of goals last night, and I credit them to being able to do it. But, you know, on the other end of the ice, Quick was being very good. You know, he was not letting things through. And even though the Sharks did get, you know, a couple of nice goals, you know, LeBanc's goal was very nice, and, you know, Barbies was very opportunistic. But ultimately, you know, Quick wasn't giving up much on the other side. Reimer needed to match that. He didn't. The Sharks didn't have the offensive wherewithal to carry them over in terms of a lead or to get them back tied when they did get that goal from Barbie to make it a little bit closer. But, you know, that's the NHL. Any given night, you're going to have to figure out any given way to win a game. And that was just not the way that it was presenting over the course of this game. And, you know, you just see it time and time again with the Sharks, game after game with the Sharks. There are more and more problems that we are continually seeing present themselves that despite good things they are doing, they are not able to overcome the bad things they are doing. They are making mental errors. They are making mistakes. They are making, you know, just overall bad plays out there on the ice that are leading to problems, whether they are defensive breakdowns, whether they are offensive breakdowns, whether they're not getting enough net presence, you know, in terms of their offensive game, whether they're, you know, seeing Reimer have a, a puck trickle through or twice 
over the course of the game, whether they're, you know, turning the puck over in their own end, whether they're not controlling the neutral zone. I mean, there are a number of things in a game that the Sharks will have pop up and be problematic. And last night wasn't even too terrible. I didn't feel like the mistakes were as glaring as they have been in past games, but the the margin for error is so razor thin that when the Sharks do have these problems, um, they, they simply can't overcome it. And, you know, it does lend itself to the overall feeling that the team is running out of time because, you know, we are getting later and later into the year and we are not seeing the results that we would have otherwise hoped to have seen. I mean, the Sharks, it nearly the end of November, with only one more home game left in the month, they are two wins at home over the course of the season. Two, eight, and three. Now, on the road, they are 5-5-0, five, five, and, oh, and I will take that, but you can't just be good on the road and not be good at home. <clears throat> I mean, when you combine that home record with their inability to, you know, get a number of points that they've left out there on the table, I think Sturm said a couple of days ago that it was about 10 points that they had left out there. Well, the Sharks have 17 points on the year. If they had 10 more points, they'd have 27 points, and they'd be up with Seattle. Now, what is more of the reality? The reality is that the Sharks are a 27-point team? I don't think so. The reality is that the Sharks have, over the course of this season up to this point, have made enough critical errors to where they have not been able to get those points. And again, my voice is still getting back to uh, strength, so forgive me as it uh, gets a little crackly here. But the Sharks are 7-13-3 on the year. I mean, that is not good enough in any way, shape, or form. They are better than Anaheim, granted, um, but, you know, they are falling further behind with every loss they are taking as of late. And these losses feel that much more painful because we just look at a road trip where they won three out of four and it felt like things were trending in, in the right direction. You know, since then, they have lost, you know, four out of five, I believe. And that's not putting them in a good position. Now, they are only three points out of the final wild card right now. But, you know, then there's Vancouver ahead of them and Arizona and Minnesota and Nashville and St. Louis. And then you get to where Edmonton is. Um, in terms of the final wild card. So the Sharks have their have their work to do, even though it does feel like there is a lot of time left. At the same time, it feels like, you know, maybe time is running out. And again, it, it didn't ever feel like a year where the Sharks were going to be in the uh, in the thick of things. But, you know, it's just, it's frustrating to watch good performances not be good enough. It's frustrating to watch, you know, high quality opportunities for the Sharks to find wins as so many of these games have been this year not turn into wins and look at points lost and these things have happened over and over and over again and that's not by accident right like that's one of those things that it's happening for specific reasons it's not that the Sharks have somehow you know thrown away 10 points over the course of the year it's that they're consistently making mistakes that are keeping them from earning those points and again it's not by accident it's happening as a result of who they are as a team, of what they do, and the consistent things that we see from them out there on the ice. So we will continue to watch them make these mistakes as they you know, try to figure themselves out as a team. And we knew it was going to take time, and hopefully they can put themselves in a better position going forward. And we also have to wonder about everything else that is going on around the team right now in terms of all the, the uh, rumors, for lack of a better term. I mean, every day... You open up Twitter or you go to any, you know, wherever you get your gossip regarding the NHL and there's a story about Timo Meyer, or there's a story about Eric Carlson or there's a story about the San Jose Sharks and everybody being on the table. I mean, these things have a negative effect over time in the sense that it doesn't feel like what is in the here and now with the San Jose Sharks is being built for. I mean, we hear these rumors that everyone except for Tomas Hurdle is on the table. 
We hear these rumors that Eric Carlson could be going back to Ottawa. You know, we hear that Timo Meyer is linked to any East Coast, uh, you know, team that wants to make a, a push. I mean, these are things that we are consistently hearing. And I understand why these things are being said right now with the San Jose Sharks because they are not in a good place right now and they're trying to build towards the future. But at the same time, as you're, if you're part of a team that's trying to build something you know, right now on the ice as you're 20-some-odd games into the season, you don't like hearing that the chatter elsewhere is about what is going to be taken from the team, that there's no investment in what is going on on the ice right now. And I think that that's a very fatalistic way of looking at it because I think that you know the, the investment is being made to make the Sharks as a whole better in the long term. And that means there are short-term sacrifices. I mean, that's what we're seeing on the ice right now. The Sharks are trying to give themselves more cap space. The Sharks are trying to give themselves the ability to get back to where they were you know, a few years ago. And that takes pain because the Sharks were able to sustain for so long at the top of the NHL. But again, I don't know how much that does for a guy like Luke Cunning, who, you know, thinks that he's still trying to do great things with his NHL career and hears about how the, you know, the importance is not in the here and now with the Sharks. You know, I'm sure that's got to be frustrating to hear. And I'm sure Eric Carlson, you know, he, he has to address these things, these rumors that come up. Timo Meyer has to address these rumors that come up. I mean, these guys are being openly discussed by the greater NHL as targets. And that brings instability to the room. It brings instability to their headspace. It brings instability everywhere. And I'm not saying that it's not well warranted because that's essentially what the Sharks are trying to do right now. They're trying to maximize what they have right now for a later date. And that might not include a Timo Meyer. That might not include, you know, player XYZ. You go out there and name it. Like they said, everybody but Tomas Hurdle is potentially on the table. But, you know, I did just Try and think about how it would feel if, you know, I opened up Twitter and there were talks about, you know, Ted Ramey being traded from the Sharks Audio Network. I know it's not quite the same, but it wouldn't feel good. I think ultimately in life, people want to feel wanted, and that's not that they would probably ignore the fact that a team elsewhere would want them to be part of their success. But for, you know, guys who have only ever known San Jose or for guys that are, you know, trying to work on improving the here and now, you do worry about you know, how that would impact their mental place and, you know, and how it would, you know, overall affect their day-to-day and their preparation and other things of that nature. And that's just, you know, that's just how life is in the NHL when you're not winning. Everybody becomes, you know, a a potential target for another team. But again, that doesn't mean it doesn't have an impact on you. And whether it's Timo Meyer, whether it's Eric Carlson, James Reimer is another one we've heard discussed at length. Logan Couture is one that's been, you know, out there in the wings over the course of the offseason. You know, these are all players that we associate with the San Jose Sharks as part of the core right now. But right now, the here and now is not a winning team. It's not a team that's situated for deep Stanley Cup runs. And I don't know what the best motivator there there is, you know, in terms of how to get this team kind of kicked into into form because, you know, everybody knows that if they do get traded, it's not like their job is going away. And I don't know if the threat of a team being broken up when you're only, you know, seven wins at this point at the end of November is going to really make you want to be that much better. It's not, you know, it's not the right type of motivation. And, you know, I I heard Curtis Pichelka asking about this yesterday before the game, if there was talk of bringing up more of these younger guys from the Barracuda. And, you know, I think that we're probably a ways away from that. And David Quinn did talk about that, you know, before the game yesterday and said they weren't quite there yet. But you do wonder what it's going to take for some of these guys to kind of get 
you know, that kick in the butt and have that competition for their overall position and trying to make themselves that much better. You know, you do wonder where these outside and external motivating factors are going to come from as the Sharks get deeper and deeper into the season, a season that is progressively looking like it is one that is not headed towards the playoffs. Now, that could change. That could turn around. But right now, that three-game win streak and winning three out of four on the road feels a long way away, and it feels like, once again, the Sharks are losing control of the narrative, losing control of the car. They're on a you know a patch of black ice, and they're spinning, careening out of control, and we're all waiting for somebody to grab the steering wheel and right the situation and put them back on the correct course, and that's just not happening. And, you know, obviously the, the motivation in that scenario would be to not slam into the guardrail on the side of the roadway, but, you know, that's that's a car accident that we're comparing to. That's not what the Sharks are right now. They are not a car accident. They are not a slow-moving wreck or disaster or something like that. They're simply not good enough to win. They're not the worst team in the league. They are not playing horrific hockey. They are just good enough to lose consistently, and they find ways, they find mistakes, they find errors. They don't, you know, really do everything they need over the course of a game, and so that's what Mike Greer is, you know, asking himself right now. What can I do? What can I move? What pieces can I put in place so that we're not talking about this in November of 2023 or November of 2024? And in the here and now, that does get a little bit rough for the players that are on the team, for the fan base. We're all waiting for something to happen. We're all waiting you know, to see that next great shark emerge. It's why we want to watch William Eklund is because William Eklund represents the future, hopefully better times for the San Jose Sharks. Thomas Bordalo represents the future, a guy who can be a playmaker for years to come. I mean, we all look at these players and think, okay, when are they going to arrive and quote-unquote save the day? Which, by the way, is a tremendous amount of pressure, but it also represents the future. It represents a better time. And I think that people want to see these guys come to the Sharks and start putting forth incredible performances, but it takes time ultimately. And I know that we're not patient in this sporting society. We want results. We want wins. We want them happening yesterday. It's just a matter of when is the right time for a Bordalo and an Eklund to come up. It's probably not going to be before the new year, probably not going to be before the deadline, and probably not going to be before there's any mathematical elimination. I could be wrong on that. It's just my guess from the language I've been hearing from the Sharks. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a while. And I don't have a problem with making them wait. Make them want it. Make them earn it. Make them feel like they have to do everything in their power, um, you know, to really be a part of the future and the success of the Sharks. I would love to see where this team is when William Eklund and Thomas Bordalo are ready and when they have the pieces around them to help the Sharks find more success. Easier said than done, obviously. Uh, but right now, William Eklund, Thomas Bordalo represent the future, and it's why there is so much hype around them, and I understand it. I get it. You want to see them as badly as I do and what they represent, but you know, would it hamper their development? Maybe. Would it keep them from being as good of players as they might otherwise be? Maybe. Could they help the Sharks? Oh, definitely maybe. However, you have to think about what's going to help this team. Is it going to be enough to turn them into a contender this year? No, probably not. And the other risky side of that is it could it hamper their development. Yeah, ultimately it could. So these are the various things we're wondering about with the Sharks right now. It's not easy. It's not fun to watch them lose. It's not fun to watch them be outmanned and outgunned. But I would rather just be talking about it right now as opposed to talking about it in a year's time and in two years' time. It's not fun, but it is the needed 
medicine to put the Sharks on a better path going forward. All right, we're going to take a break. You're on Morning Tide. We're going to get into some post-game reaction next. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Uh, yeah, they were unfortunate. Uh, it's unfortunate when, uh, when they squeak in. and uh, It's too bad. I thought we played, I thought we played hard tonight and, uh, you know, just uh, couldn't find a way to get uh, some points. That is James Reimer bringing us back in on this Saturday morning after the Sharks lost to the Kings last night. And yeah, those were, uh, yeah, like you said, they were unfortunate. It's not something that we've seen from James Reimer. And I have a hard time pinning any loss on Reimer in terms of his ability that he's shown with the Sharks, his overall effort, uh, the way that he has consistently performed with, with the Sharks. But, you know, last night he had an off night and they didn't pick him up otherwise, which was you know, part of why it was uh, it was frustrating. Um, you know, it's it's how it goes for the Sharks right now. They have one problem and they aren't able to overcome it or other problems spring up over the course of the game. They are not good enough to make up for their own deficits in games where they are not playing perfectly. And so we're going to see results like this continue until they get that much better. Yeah, listen, I know he wants those back. You could just tell uh, by his reaction to it. And, you know, that's... Uh, He's been good for us for long stretches this year, and you know we've got to do a better job bailing him out. And I will say much to the credit of Logan Couture because he knows exactly how to handle these situations. He was very quick to back up Reimer after the game in terms of saying they didn't do enough to give him the offense they needed and that he made huge stops over the course of the game. And um, grade A saves, the one he made on uh, someone there, Kent Bay backdoor, one T. I mean... Yeah, goals go in. It's part of being a goaltender, but it's on us as you know the rest of his teammates to to play better in front of him and you know get a couple back for him. And um, yeah, he's been he's been uh, very good for us um, this season. So it's not on him at all. And while I will say it was not on Reimer specifically, I mean that's where the Sharks are. If a teammate is not perfect, if a mistake is made, it's going to be tough for them to come up with another answer and. You know, when you do look at the goaltending situation for the Sharks right now, it's been a little bit up and down. But I also think that's just, you know, by nature of where they are. They put their goalies in some bad situations. They have been in, you know, competitions with good teams. And the Sharks are at a talent deficit overall. And so that makes it that much more of an onus and a pressure-packed situation for the Sharks to get those high-caliber performances. It is, again are going to be a situation all year long where the Sharks goalies have to stand on their head in far too many games to keep the Sharks alive in games. And, you know, that goes even with the fact that the Sharks did have some very high caliber performances last night in terms of their D. They kept the Kings away, but the Kings were opportunistic and they took advantage of opportunities that were availed to them. And the Sharks didn't have the answer or, you know, pucks trickled through. And that's that's where the Sharks are right now. They do not have the ability to overwhelm. They do not have the ability to take control of most games. And until they put themselves in that situation to do so, we are going to see more and more of what we saw last night. Um, now, in terms of the stuff 
around that's weighing on the team? This is what Coach Quinn had to offer. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, every organization is balancing the present and the future, so we're no different. And obviously when you're not, uh, as of today, but when you're a hockey you play, when you're not in a playoff spot, you know, maybe the approach changes a little bit as you go through the season. So, you know, if we're, if we're in the same situation in two months, then, yeah, I would say that does change things. And the thing about these outside talks is they're not going to go away. And as the Sharks continue to have difficulties, they are going to heat up, most likely. We're going to hear more and more of these talks about who teams are looking at on the Sharks, who might be a trade potential, who might be a target, what the Sharks might be looking for in return. And so it will give us many talking points in that capacity. It's just, it means there is some short-term pain right now. And I would hope... Um, that everybody understands why the Sharks are going through this pain right now to try and set themselves up for a more successful and better future. But it doesn't make it any more fun right now. Like, we all want to see the Sharks winning games. We all want to see them, you know, in contention. And for the time being, that's not where they are. And it's also, you know, part of the storyline of what's happening to the Sharks right now and that it feels like they are running out of time. I mean, if you had said that this team was only going to have seven wins by nearly the end of November... I, you know, I got to admit, I would not have predicted that to be the reality. I would have said, well, no, they would have been able to beat, you know, Anaheim twice and Chicago. And, you know, we're looking at six more points right there. And I just, you know, I'm good at being wrong. It's the constant joke I have. But, you know, it's the it's the reality um, as opposed to the expectation. And that's where we find our disappointment. You know, it's that space between. So, you know, you look ahead at where the Sharks are going to be on the schedule. They finish the month. Um, after they play uh, in Vancouver on Sunday, on Tuesday and Wednesday at Montreal and at Toronto. Um, Both of those are going to be difficult games. And then they are at Ottawa and at Buffalo before they are back home on the 7th of December taking on Vancouver. So, you know, the challenges don't stop coming for the San Jose Sharks. And I will say, and I feel like this is kind of wild, but you know, maybe maybe the home cooking is not what the Sharks need right now. Maybe it's more of that consistency and team bonding and removal from life situations that's going to allow them to have success. And if they do that again, they maybe need to start to figure out how they can apply that to their home, um, you know, games. Because, uh, you know, I did not expect the Sharks to have the two and four road trip earlier in the year. I did not expect them to win three out of four on a most recent road trip. And, you know, you look at the four teams, the Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, and Buffalo, that's not an easy trip in any way, shape, or form. Um, But you know what? Let's see what the Sharks can do out of this. Let's see what they can bring to the table and see if they can get it going because then they're back home against Vancouver, on the road against Anaheim, and then back home against Arizona. So, you know, those are some winnable games right there, Vancouver, Anaheim, and Arizona. None of those are world beaters. Then you're at L.A., And then you've got uh, a number of home games, three in a row, home versus Calgary, and then again, home versus Calgary, home versus Minnesota. Um, Then you get the Christmas weekend off at Vancouver, uh, at Philadelphia. Then you've got uh, the New Year's Eve game in Dallas. So, you know, the Sharks, it's not completely out of reach, but we try to be realistic, right? Like we try and look at what the future is going to hold for the Sharks, and I'm sure it's going to have more trade talks. I'm sure it's going to have more painful losses, but I also think they are. there are the chances that they could have some nice wins in there, and we all knew it was going to take time, and I think that the start of the season being in Europe did not help anyone in any way, shape, or form in terms of the Sharks finding more of that consistency, but right now the Sharks need to put themselves in a winning situation. They need to put themselves in that ability to rack up those points, rack up those wins, feel like they can be more of a team in terms of completeness, and I don't think 
I don't think it's that far off. I mean, that's what makes this entire discussion so frustrating. I did not watch them get destroyed by the Kings last night. I thought the Kings were a very, very good team. I think the Sharks were not as good as the Kings, but they also were not, you know, outclassed, outmatched, and completely pushed around on the ice. I just thought the Kings were very good, and the Sharks did not have the ability to overcome their mistakes and put themselves in a better position. And that's, again, that's life in the NHL. No one's denying that, but it's not like the Sharks were completely blown out. It wasn't like what we saw in Nashville or against Nashville last year when they lost 8-0 at home. It was not one of those games. It was just like, yeah, Kings are pretty good. Sharks aren't as good as the Kings, yet they still put forth a pretty good battle. They were in it, um, and it didn't go their way when all was said and done, but I do appreciate the battle that was there from the Sharks. I do appreciate some of the things they did pretty well. It's just not enough. And I know that is an unfair measuring stick to say, well, you know, you're not good enough. It's not... Like, it's concrete, but, I mean, we can apply that to several games over the course of this season where the Sharks have been, quote-unquote, not good enough. That is where their reality is right now, and that's going to take its toll on them in terms of them being trade targets, in terms of them falling out of contention, in terms of there being pressure on the goalies, in terms of there being pressure on the team leadership group. It's, it's going to be a discussion. It's not going anywhere, right? Like, these are going to be the things that define the Sharks over the course of this year and how they respond to them, how they respond to the outside noise, how they respond to the losses at home, what they're able to do on the road to keep themselves in contention as we get deeper and deeper into the year. But, you know, that said, they are not that far off, and I feel like they are you know, hopefully a, a stretch of games from being back into that playoff picture. It's, as I've said all along, a bubble team was their best-case scenario. I still don't feel that that's out of the equation. All right, we are out of time. I will see you on Sunday afternoon on the buildup as we get ready for Vancouver. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. 40 seconds to go in the period. L.A. trying to move it out. Good job there by Nieto to keep it in play. And in front of the net, Barabanov gets it, and he scores! A play that started from absolutely nothing. Nice keep in by San Jose. It went to the corner, and Barabanov had his stick down in front of the net with 36.3 seconds left in the second period, makes it a 3-2 game.